The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Mike, I'm going to skip the outrage. I'm going to skip the disgust. I'm going to fast forward right to the solution. I have the solution to the problem of fans going wild. And it's not a new problem. It's just we're reminded of it now that besides fans are actually some folks back not being raised right already. Well, besides that, because you can't besides do nothing about that at this point. Besides some folks not being raised right. Okay. Um, okay. okay. You can't do nothing about that at this point. Um, and, right. you know, okay. I, I find myself just as I was like, oh, this feels nice. I'm like, damn, I miss the virtual fans. It's like, let's go back to the empty stadiums and, and, and the virtual fans again. It was, mu- it was much more polite. It was much, much better without, without these jackasses uh, throwing popcorn on people. Season ticket holder, no less, who spent money on popcorn. And Michael, I know how much you love your popcorn, brother. Spent money on popcorn only Best to throw it ever. on Russell Westbrook. Or, or, or spitting, which is literally the worst thing that you can do. Well, not the worst thing, but it's, it's one of the most disrespectful things you could do to another yeah. human being is to spit yeah. uh, on a human being. So both those fans have been banned. Uh, both organizations, the Sixers and the Nets, respectively, have issued uh, the obligatory Knicks. statements uh, of outrage. And this Knicks. is unacceptable. What did I say? What did I say? You I said, said Nets. Nets. Sorry. Sixers and Knicks. Yes. Sixers and Knicks. Knicks. Okay. In case you uh, did not know what I meant, uh, I've been under a rock and didn't know that it happened at the Knicks Hawks game when a fan courtside uh, seemed to spit at Trey Young. Um, so here's a solution. All right, here's a solution. I got it. I got it. Let's go. It's sort of like when you're on a plane and the flight attendant asks you for verbal confirmation that you are willing to assist in the event of an emergency when you're sitting in the exit right. row seat. Right? It's kind of like that. Right. Just like players police themselves, locker rooms police themselves, I think fans, every fan base should put together a special team who are ready and willing to take one for the team. See, Russ talked about last night how, yeah, if you did this on the street, you know it would be something else. Right, absolutely. None of these fans, just like social media, none of these people would ever say or do these things to a player's face, just like they wouldn't say or do most of the things they say to other people on social media to those people's faces. It should not be on the players to defend themselves or protect themselves. It should not be on the the franchises or the arenas to protect the players. It should be on the fans because, you know, we should be really pissed more than anybody today, more than anybody. It should be Sixers fans. More than anybody, it should be Knicks fans. They should be pissed today, okay? Or Boston fans, going back to our conversation yesterday sparked by Kyrie Irving's commentary on on some of the racial taunts he's heard in Boston, Utah fans, whoever, the fans who a select group of knuckleheads give them a bad name 
or ruin it for everybody else, like this yeah. clown that spit at Trey Young last night in the garden, or this clown that threw popcorn at Russell Westbrook in Philadelphia last night. The fans should have people on standby, a go team, a goon squad, ready to give them the business. Because the players, it shouldn't take Steven Jackson or Ron Artest running into the stands. Okay? It shouldn't take, obviously, security can't do it because that's a lawsuit. But you know who can do it? It's the fans. It, it'd, be, it'd be like Jack Cates in 48 hours. Some of us citizens are behind you all the way, officer. You know, like some citizens arrest type stuff. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I tell you what, like, I don't like somebody that. Somebody that you can just mobilize just to handle just to handle business to let them, to, to, to police. Fans need to police themselves. If somebody's getting unruly and using the wrong kind of language in front of kids, if they're, if they're making people uncomfortable, anything they're doing, somebody should be ready to let them know what time well, it is. It's not like acceptable that. in this fan base. And we know, Michael, by the way, we know that fans aren't shy about fighting one another. I mean, they'll fight one another to drop yeah, a dime, yeah. won't they? Even if there's a crying right. baby nearby, right. fans will fight one another at the drop of a dime. So yeah. I'll call on the fans, not the NBA, nah. not certainly not the players. I call on the fans to police one another, a goon squad. That's what needs to happen. That's my solution. I don't like it for two reasons. Two reasons I don't like Enforcers. it. Enforcers. Ooh, that's even worse. Two reasons I don't like it. Number one, we uh, we are fond of quoting kings of comedy. Remember Steve Harvey said, I go to a concert, I don't want to help out. Put your hands up. Do that. Like, like, I don't want to help out. You are here <laughs> to entertain. Listen, I don't want to be a part of the solution. That's not, no, it's, no I I'm not asking you to do it. No. Tell I'm not asking you. I know. I'm not asking people like you. I want enlisted men and women who do not that, want people giving their fan bases in their cities a bad two. name. I'm looking for a few that's good men, two. Michael, or women. That's the second reason <laughs> okay, I don't like else? it. I don't want a few good men. Because a few good men, if you're enlisted to do it, guess what you're looking for, man? I'm getting a nice little paycheck being a part of this goon squad. Sure. I want to keep yes. the gig going. Yes. I want to keep the gig going. And you know what? I'm going to look for somebody to fight. I'm going to look for somebody who's misbehaving, even if they're not. And I don't want to leave it to their discretion. I'm sitting there. Maybe I'm enjoying my popcorn. And, like, you know, keeping it completely honest here and real. Some people just don't like the way you look. I could be having a good time, eating my popcorn. Here come the goon squad. Inventing some problem. I'm opening up too much of a can of worms fine. here. No, I'm, listen. You don't I, like I, my I, face. Wait, wait, we go through, you just we don't go, like my face. Michael, we would go through. We would go through a process. We would go through a vetting process. No, we go no, through a screening random. process. That's no, no, too no, random. No, listen. no. listen. Com- this is community. I'm already having policing. Issues. Isn't that the conversation? No. Okay, no, we, I listen. This is the, I'm, I I'm talking about fans have, should have had hey, enough. Hey, Mike, Knicks fans today, I got a phrase should for be you. pissed off that some clown decided to give their entire fan base. You know, I mean, like right, right now, Knicks fans are like, "Yo, it's just, it. like we got it." Well, actually, Knicks fans should have the, only have themselves to blame. I'll get back to that in a second. But like Sixers fans, Knicks fans, Celtics fans, if you hear somebody being racist in the stands, if you see somebody. Uh, you know, throwing popcorn or spitting or, or being unruly, handle that. Because to me, a ban from this from the stadium, a ban from the facility is not enough. I told you before, before Michael, it gets started, way too many people go through life without getting their ass whipped. That's the problem with people nowadays. Yeah, that's true. They ain't had hands. Oh, that's true. Now wait, 
Oh, that, that's true. That's true. And you know, this is the, this is the timeout generation. So we can't even we can't even do that now. You do that, people look at you sideways. But uh, your idea on the Goon Squad, I got a phrase for you. Before it even gets started, defund the arena police. <laughs> defund the arena police. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> I'm not about it. I'm not about it. I don't trust them. Look, some people, you know, some people just are not built for being around other folks. They're, they're antisocial. Right. They, uh, they take that. it too far. They just, they just don't know how to. They don't know how to. They, you, they, they, we got to do a better job of screening on the way in. Like everybody with the ticket doesn't really deserve to be at the game. And you know, it's a, it's a small print. I don't know if you've ever read the back of a ticket. How are you going to do that? Oh, you're, you're oh, part of it. Exactly. You're part of it. You're, no, every you're part of the that's what I was just going to say. Everything you're, they you're put part in of the, the statement, entitled media. So you ain't you. You haven't no, no, read no. the back of the everything tape. that's in those statements. Everything that's in those statements in the aftermath of those incidents last night today is on the back of that ticket you're talking about. They already know that's that right. that's unacceptable. So, they know that already. Yeah, some people just know before they even walk in. Oh, this is trouble here. It's trouble. Yeah, you ever go to your seat? Like, if you Wait. go to a game, sound like you kind of profiling, you Michael. You, you profiling right oh, now? Oh, I'm profiling. Oh, 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 yeah, I'm profiling. Oh, I'm profile. I, I will profile you. Yes, I am profiling you. Now, you go to a game and you sit next to you're all excited. You know what? What other game? What, whatever game it is, baseball, football, hoops. You go to a game and you look around you. You kind of know sometimes. Like some people are like a little too mouthy. I'm like, oh, this is the comedian here. Uh, this person thinks. We came to listen to them and they got something to say about everything. You just like, oh, here we go. And some people just want to start trouble. And uh, okay. And when you hear that and when you hear that, when you hear that, don't you just want to just get up and just give them a two piece right then and there? Don't you just want to? Don't you? Don't you? So what if there was somebody there who that was that, that that's what they were there for? Somebody who was about that action, who had signed up for this enforcer squad, was like, "Hey, don't worry about it. Enjoy yourself. I'll handle it." Okay, like a group of concerned citizens who just wanted to keep to keep things clean, and if necessary, clubs got bouncers. Clubs got bouncers. Yeah, bouncer. Security so can only do so much. Security can. Yeah. Security can only do, but bouncers will, will will beat you down if necessary. Okay, security can only yeah. do so much. They can only usher you out the door because obviously they're employees of the of the arena of the team. There's only so much that they can do. That's Wearing what I was referencing earlier. There's, there's only so much that they Wearing can do. Wearing a Mookie Best jersey. Okay. There's only so much they can do. I'm telling you, people. Okay, tell me what the solution is then, because this Dude, is not a new conversation. You need to go to jail. Like, like, that's this, ridiculous, Michael. That's ridiculous. This isn't this isn't Russell Westbrook's first time. For whatever reason, it keeps happening to Russ. This isn't Russell Westbrook's first time getting into it uh, with fans. This isn't the first time we've seen fans yeah. throw something on somebody. This is not a this is the this is a old age old conversation about fans crossing a line at arenas. So I listen, I'm 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 90% serious in what I'm saying. I know there are some flaws in my proposal, yeah. but I'm just trying to be solutions oriented here. Like I mean, you got a solution. Yeah, I, I got you, man, because the play is it should be on you. the players. The players should, because obviously, be. obviously, if fans know this, if the players retaliate in kind, Your Honor, I want 12, 12 million, 12, Your Honor, I want $12 million, Your Honor, for my sprained eye. You know, I like, uh, then, then, then the players, 
got to deal with it. Then the league got to deal with it. You know, ejecting a fan to me is not enough of deterrent. You know, you know what? Fan out is one thing. You know what? Kick fans see, get their ass like kicking something else altogether. Kick a fan's ass. Don't kick them out. Kick their ass. That's what I need to see. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm upset for Russ. I'm upset for Trey Young. Okay? What if somebody showed up to your job and just start throwing stuff on you or spitting on you? Yeah. Or heckling yeah. you in such a way that just crosses the line. And, and real quick, Michael, let me say this. Yeah. We should have seen this coming because it's all fun and games and it's funny and it's jokes when it plays into the narrative of a, of, a, of, a, of a villain being born before our eyes and Trey Young is now the villain, not the villain that, that New York needs, but the one it deserves and, and it's F Trey Young, F Trey Young. Well, what's the natural right. evolution and the extension of a crowd chanting F Trey Young? Somebody gonna take it too First far. Of all, you know, so, so, was, so was it really funny? Was it really where's cute? Your when somebody decides how's that to create, act how's on that? creative? Hey, 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 listen, this is New York. I heard, I love New York. It's 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 uh, it's leading the country in a lot of ways. Leading media, leading fashion, all this stuff in New York. It's fast, it's quick. You got to think fast, and that's the best you can come up with. That's the best insult you can come up with. That's creative. Like yo, hey, hey, why don't y'all talk to people with Cameron indoor and come up with something that actually has meaning and that will get inside Trey Young's head? But f Trey Young. We can do that anywhere else in the country. We're looking at New York for inspiration, for creative inspiration. That's nothing. That's one. Here's two. Um, listen. See these people ruin it. Trey Young's balding. Really? Trey Young's balding. Trey Young's balding. Really? That's so lame. That's lame. Not only are they ruining New York's reputation with their bad script writing, they're ruining it for the rest of us. These fans are ruining it for the rest of us because your solution, as entertaining as that would be, the goon squad, you know what's really going to happen, unfortunately, is you're going to have, if this continues, there's, a, there's an easy solution. This draconian, I don't, I, I'm not crazy about it. But it solves a problem. You know what that is? You take away courtside seats. So your courtside seat starts in row instead of like A, A, B, Ten. C. Your row starts in E or F. Basically, That's like basically, seat. basically, like in COVID, in COVID times when they first with people yep. like before now when people really yep. started to try to kind of like bring fans in, they had to be at a certain distance. Yeah, I, I. I Sign up, I sign up for that. And now I sign up for that. But but, 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 I, but let me and just remind seats. you. Let me just remind you. Where are, are the exits? The I was going to take those away. I, I was okay. going to take those away okay. too. Okay. So there's okay, no good. access there. Okay. Good. So All right, good. It's good. like some okay. people, like some kids are there, like through the popcorn hey, from above. So okay. Cool. Right. I just want to slap. I just want to slap five with you. I want to. I want to. Maybe you'll throw me a jersey. Maybe you'll throw me a wristband, headband. So, so there's some people there. Who are for for good purposes? They just want to be closer to their right. heroes. How many kids have gotten souvenirs? And then there's always from some idiot autographs from that. So any kind of rule, any kind of rule you have in a lot of these sports, their rules are there because for your your random idiot or two. Most people are there, ninety percent of them. I'm not going to go right. ninety five. Ninety. Thank you. Ninety percent. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. So the ninety percent. See, I'm, see I'm taking it. I'm taking it back to elementary school. I'm taking it back to elementary school. We couldn't go outside, okay, because 
you know, Ronald wouldn't stop talking. I knew a Ronald. I hope, no, he, I hope he don't think I'm talking about him. But like, like keep Ronald, Ronald couldn't stop talking, so the whole class got to stay inside. You know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. Ronald, or if somebody messed up at practice, all of us had to run because you messed up at practice, or because or because you didn't handle business at practice. So now we all got to run line drills. Okay. So I'm saying yeah. to your point, if we're gonna lose courtside seats. Are we going to lose the, the seats surrounding the exits and the tunnels or what have you? If we're not going to have proximity to the players, we're not going to be able to get close to the game. Or, hell, maybe it's hockey. I don't know. Maybe you have glass up. <laughs> maybe maybe you have, maybe you have plexiglass up or something around. I, I, look, I, I have no idea. Hockey. But I'm saying if the, if the fan experience is being compromised, that's only going to come at the expense of the fans. Yeah. And if I'm the rest of those fans that's coming to have a good time, that pay my hard-earned money not to watch – some fool next to me use all kind of profane language and and embarrass the rest of us or throw popcorn on a player that you know yeah man you could just bought me popcorn for all that or spit on somebody um Ooh. because you cuz you know because you're taking the chant too far then you know what we going to handle this ourselves we going to handle it our we going to take Ooh. matters into our own hands i, I hate you know to bring what i'm, I'm on to something i don't care what you say i'm on to something yeah, no, no, no. You don't understand. It needs to be. It's the only hey, solution. Mike, it needs to be workshopped. We got to workshop it. It's not perfect. <laughs> All I right. love that phrase. We gonna work with it. <laughs> That's right. Let's it's, workshop it's right. this. Let's workshop this. We gonna workshop. It's yeah. not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. It's developing. It's developing. Yeah. Oh, Mike, I hate yes. to bring this up. Yeah. I hate to bring this up. We might be overthinking this whole thing. Maybe we don't need a goon squad. Maybe we don't need to take away courtside seats in the overhangs by the tunnels. Maybe we need to take away the alcohol. Ooh, can we blame it on the alcohol? Is that part of the problem? That not only do you come mm, in because look, I think you it know just, what, man? It brings it out. I think that's a. It brings out what's already there. You know like, what? You don't drink alcohol. It only makes you suddenly I, become a jerk. Alcohol only makes you more. Of who you already are, right, of what you are. So, right, to right. your point. So you, all right, let's go. Let's go back right. to that profile and I did that profile that you did a minute it'll, ago. Okay, it, it'll push the you over the goal line. To, uh, I, the other way, I went into Mohegan Sun Casino, and um, okay. it was my first time in there, like forever. And I guess there was some kind of technology that was scanning for te- that was taking your temperature when you walked in. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but there was something that was like scanning people when they came in because nobody took took your temperature Ooh. whatever it is um breathalyzer it, maybe there's some technology that can scan whether or not you're an a-hole maybe there is something that when you walk in the door it can read your dna okay to see and, and it'd be like oh wee, 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 wee. jackass 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 do not let him in i don't know maybe some there's something that can like b- because short of that, Michael, your alcohol. Let's 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 talk about your alcohol proposal. It's not the alcohol. To me, that's an excuse. To me, that's a cop out. Because there are plenty of so? people that go there, enjoy adult beverages, and don't spit on people, and don't throw things on people, and don't yell racial epithets at people. There are plenty of people who can enjoy alcohol responsibly. And aren't there some, all kinds but of you know rules what? about when but, they stop serving people? But they make the. So it's not the but alcohol. But they do make the it bathroom. The they make the bathroom long, lines too long, though. Those responsible people. They make the bathroom lines too long. Always getting up. Got to get up, get more alcohol. It's like go to the bathroom. It's like we were talking about last night. We were talking about this on the phone last night after the show. We were talking about this on the phone after the show last night. After the show. Where we 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 should do the. By the way, by the way, we should put this. We should do some of our post show conversations on Instagram. Just do an Instagram live. We should do an Instagram live with some of our post show stuff. 
you know. Don't you work enough as it is? You trying to do more work? What's wrong with hey, you, man? man? It, it ain't work. Volunteering it's, it's not work. I enjoy it. I, you think I think you think I consider this a job? Talking to you two hours is there a, day? a bonus involved? Is it talking is to you two hours involved? a day? With this with this extra content you talking about, see, we putting out. See, anyway, the difference between us. Um, as I was here's saying, a, here's, a, here's a split screen. <laughs> Hold on, this is a split screen between us. Here's a split screen. I look at this as a two hour, a, a loving conversation with my boy. I love this. This is not a job. You're looking at it as a job. See, that's no, the difference between us. I, no, no, I, I that's not what I love. said. That's not what I said. I do it for what I said is if you're good at something, you never do it for free. That's what I said. Okay. Um, but going back to what I was saying about the uh, man, I, let's see. I forgot what I was saying about last the alcohol. Night. What were we talking about? We were, we're on talking the phone. About the no, we were on the phone last night. Oh, we we're talking about this last we were on night. The phone last yeah, night. we were talking about how whenever okay. there's a conversation and I, and I think we may revisit this later. Whenever there's a conversation about racists in certain cities and yesterday we would want the city of per our conversation was Boston. And it, it, people always say, yeah, there's always a few idiots as if you have to be an idiot in order to be racist, right? Likewise, right. it ain't got nothing to do with being drunk. I've been drunk before, but I don't throw stuff on people. You know why? Because I come from a time when if you cross the line, you got hands, you got work, okay? You got a two-piece spicy white with a biscuit, red beans, and Cajun rice if they still serve that. Nowadays, we in this social media generation where people with dog avatars, okay, or or, 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 with private accounts, these keyboard warriors will say what they want, knowing that they never got to see you in nobody's streets. Like, again, even as journalists, Michael, and this ain't me talking tough, because I I have always, always conducted myself as if one day I may see the people I'm talking about. Okay, right. because back in our day, when we were co- well, you, you were Not a columnist, sure. I was just a writer. But yeah. when we we Thomas. showed up the next you day, we were in the locker room. We were in the locker room, and, and, and Mike and Mike taking a step further, taking a step further, and stood so there even on an off day. Them, no, listen, well, on an off day, or let's say you're ripping a baseball team, and they are in the in the middle of a ten game West Coast swing. And you're you're in in that city. You're in the home city. When they come back, that first game at home, you got to be there just to take the smoke. If it, it potential smoke, yep. that's just that that yep. was just the the unwritten. That's the unwritten rule of doing this uh, talking head thing. You can't just sit there and spout off and not be uh, uh, available for some accountability, for some pushback. And I think that's great. By the way. The way I feel about this in journalism, I feel the opposite way in social media. So, so this, I'm going to explain it. So what you were just saying, you rip somebody as a journalist. I think it's great to be there to engage with them because who knows? They might yell at you. Just get, get that over with. They may say, I'm never talking to you again. They may add context to what you wrote. And then you come back and say, oh, wait a minute. I never considered it that way. I never considered that before. So now you, 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 your view has been expanded and you guys have had it out. But on social media, I think it's different. I, I, I tell me if you agree with this. If somebody's coming at you on social media and they just starting off, they're, they're not, it's not constructive. They're just coming out. They're just trying to bash you. See, I don't think it's oh, really, I don't, do that I don't necessarily, 
I, I don't necessarily want to engage. I don't want to engage. Why? Well, that's a that's a step. Honestly, that's a separate conversation. I know it's separate, but I just want to say that. I'm just going to throw it out here. Yeah, 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 just, yeah no, go ahead. Yeah, I don't want to engage because there are so many people who are. I'll use you as an example because uh, I may have an ego, but my my ego is not so big that I, I'm going to use myself as an example. So I'll just use you. Uh, there are a lot of people who are Michael Smith fans. And, and look, you're busy. You're busy. You got a lot of going. You got a lot going on. You got a lot of people following you on social media. There are people who are writing you and just say, "Hey, Michael Smith, man, I just want to tell you, I love you, man. You're great. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the shirt yeah. you wear. I love the shirt you wear. Uh, I like the stylish clothes you wear and the way you do your hair. All just the little things you do to show how much you look. Sorry, the bars. Anyway, but I like I like your line. All kinds of stuff. But you never respond to them, right? Because they're just they're, they're nice. They're nice, but you're busy. And it's the people who shout out and say something disrespectful who get the benefit of a response. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. So I don't even mess with them. So I'm glad you said all that. And, and just to be clear, when I was saying it was a separate conversation, I was not saying that it wasn't worth you saying what you just said. I was saying it's a separate conversation for me because for the most part, I have disengaged from social media. Michael, I wish I could take back all the time that I spent going back and forth with people on social media. I wish I could have that yeah. time back. Okay. So mm. years ago, I just stopped engaging for the most part, but I'll just say this to your last point, And then we could take a break if you want and talk about some on the court stuff um, or between the line stuff. Um, to your last point, it took me a while, but eventually I learned that it's more important. The people who like you make them love you only concern yourself with the people who fool with you. I would use another word if I could, word, but man. I don't want to, you know. There you go. But you understand I got what I'm saying? You. Like, I, I heard I, it. For, for, I heard you say it. Even though you said I fool, fell, I heard you say another you. word. I like it. I, I, fell, I fell victim to that for a long time. You're absolutely right. There's something about maybe it's our inherent insecurities, but the people who, who, who insult you, those are the ones that get your attention where you just take for granted the compliments, the support, and the love, and this, that, and the other. I rarely, if ever, respond on social media or engage on social media at all. I don't even post that much anymore. If I do 99% of the time, I respond to the people who have something nice to say because I appreciate them taking the time out of their day to write it and acknowledge me. Number one, that's right. And number two, if I do reply yeah. to somebody who says something negative, you know what I reply with? Thank you for writing. Thank you for taking the time to write this because even the people who write hate, hate messages, even the people who, who call you names. That person thought enough of you to stop what they were doing and yeah. write something to you and hit send. Michael, I ain't Ooh. got time to be complaining to the manager. I ain't got time see, to be writing letters see. to the editor. If I don't like something, I don't take the time to pay attention to it. I'm like, I'm, I'm moving on. So even to the haters, Ooh, thank you. My... So I'm with you 100%. Social media is a separate conversation, but back, just bringing it full circle, these players, Kevin Durant, That's my LeBron James, all the people who are clamoring for people to do something, Russell Westbrook, it ain't all. The people need to do something. The people need to take care of this. It's all about the people. Like Aaron Rodgers said, it's about the people. It's about brick culture. It's about, it's about the, people. the people, man. It's about the people. It's about the people. It's all about the people. Power to the people. Yeah. Turn it up. Power. <laughs> power. Um, no, no, real quick. What you said, though, is a staple. 
That was one of my staples. As a columnist, people would like uh, write all kinds of crazy stuff. I'd say, thanks yeah. for writing. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. Yeah. And it was most of the time. That's it. Most of the time, it was actually sincere. Most of the time. I, I mean it all the time now. It, it took me. Because the alternative is that they, you don't bite even, your lip. that they don't pay attention to you at all is the alternative. Sometimes you got to bite your lip because another staple of mine, I believe this, I live by it. Never write angry emails. Never write angry. Don't, don't be angry on social media. Never do it. Yo, Never do it. And listen, I ha- angry just to be clear, I have gone back and forth and said some things that I shouldn't have on social media before. I've grown. I've matured. I've grown out of that. I realize that you told people to meet you somewhere. Hey, meet me at the corner of have you ever done that? Oh, oh, for real? Oh, for real? You feel that way? You've done it. <laughs> you have. Maybe. <laughs> Only to say to myself, hey, but I can't. What the hell is wrong with you? Like, right. Really? What's wrong you with somebody, you? Somebody, you know, you're somebody's grow husband. Up. Grow up. Somebody, somebody's you know, daddy talking about like grow meet up. me at fourth and grow Broadway. Up, you know, come on. Shame on you. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Michael, I don't know if you saw this the other day, but uh, Naomi Osaka pulled in 55 million over the last 12 months. That's a record for a female athlete. 5.2 million from prize money and an estimated 50 million from off the court earnings. So when she says she's happy to take a fine for not talking to the media at the French Open, pretty sure she's good for it. So here's what Naomi posted uh, yesterday and uh, explaining her decision to not uh, do the usual press conference thing. Uh, she said, hey everyone, hope you all doing well. I'm writing this to say I'm not going to do any press doing Roland Garros. I've often felt that people have no regard for athletes' mental health and this rings very true whenever I see a press conference or partake in one. Partake in one. Uh, we're often sat there We've often sat there and asked questions that we've been asked multiple times 
before or ask questions that bring doubt into our minds. And I'm just not going to subject myself to people that doubt me. I've watched many clips of athletes breaking down after a loss in the press room. And I know you have as well. I believe that whole situation is kicking a person while they're down. And I don't understand the reasoning behind it. Me not doing press is nothing personal to the tournament. And a couple of journalists have interviewed me since I was young. So I have a friendly relationship with most of them. However, if the organizations think that they can just keep saying do press or you're going to be fine and continue to ignore the mental health of the athletes that are the centerpiece of their corporation, then I just got to laugh. Anyways, I hope the considerable amount that I get fined for this will go towards a mental health charity. Your thoughts? Uh, I like what she's saying. I like what she's saying. I wonder, uh, I wonder if she is conflating a couple of things though. I, I really, I like what she's saying about mental health and dealing with people who doubt her and because I, I feel the same way. Look, we just talked about it, didn't we? If, if there, if there's some negative people bringing negative energy to you, uh, if there are critics bringing negative energy to you, it does it really help you to engage with the critics in general. But I don't know if, if are journalists, are journalists synonymous with critics? Are all journalists critics? Some are. There's some, some critics in that press room, and there are some people who just want to hear what she has who, to say. They who, will do, who give right. the, but who give the rest of them a bad name. <laughs> it's, it's kind of similar. Right, That's right. why I wanted to go to this topic next, Michael, because it's very yeah, similar. I mean, it really athletes is. versus fans, athletes versus us. Right. <laughs> you know, right. like, because nice as you know, segue into it. Mike, as you know, you've covered you've covered tennis. You've you've been at Wimbledon. You've done the. Have you did you did the French Open too, or no? Was it just Wimbledon? Not the I French. Know you were, no, you did the French no, Open. No, not the French Wimbledon. Okay. No, not the. I know French, you were at Wimbledon, Wimbledon for a long time. And so mm-hmm. you've covered tennis, and you covered golf. And golf stand. Let me just pick on golf for a second, just because it's it's fascinating to me when you'll cover a golf tournament, and the the two things that stand out to me really in covering a golf tournament one. The golfers who come in after the round, they say, could you go over your round? And these guys, it's unbelievable. I'm, I'm jealous of them. Uh, yeah, you know, on the third, I did this. On the fifth hole, I did this. I used this on the 10th. And on the 12th, I remember a, a bird flew by. And as that bird was flying by, I thought that I was going to change to the driver. I'm like, oh, my God, the recall. That's one that stands out. But the other thing that stands out is how many fans you have in there masquerading as serious journalists. Like, they'll clap. They get mad when you ask like real questions. Like if you had a controversial story in golf and you ask that question, you might have some golf journalists who just look you up and down like they gonna put some hands on you. Like, how dare you bring that here? No, no, these are our buddies. So my point is every journalist is not out to get Naomi Osaka, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, LeBron James, anybody. I don't know how I don't know if this makes the point and and perhaps there's a journalist or two that 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 comes to mind for Osaka and that's really what she's talking about maybe not the whole lot. I I think it's just an interest it's an I like it because it's an interesting conversation. I'm not sure I can say here here go get them. I love that approach. It's interesting. We've had versions of this conversation, it feels like, several times uh, 
since we started this show, thanks to Kyrie Irving. Um, and whether it's Kyrie Irving or now Marshawn Lynch's, you know, infamous or famous, whichever way you want to de- define it, I'm here so I don't get fined. Yeah. Uh, moment at the Super Bowl. Um, another ongoing conversation. Uh, what is the athlete's obligation to the press? What is the athlete's responsibility to speak to the media? Um, and I think I've said this at various points, and I'll say it again, generally speaking, is that, all right, in this context, we are not the good guys, okay? Fans, most fans, have no sympathy for us, especially in the age of social media, when these athletes can speak directly to their fans. Or in some cases, these athletes are creating their own content. Um, But most fans out there do not want to hear us complain about athletes or players performers not giving us access because the days of us being uh, the mouthpiece of the fan or representative of the fan are over. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. This love triangle. It's, it's, it's fan versus athlete or sometimes it's athlete versus media. It's athlete and fan versus media. You know what I mean? That's Definitely. like, uh, like that's a lot day. of times fans are that's every day. What's that? Yeah, that's every day. Yeah. You know, so A- athlete and fan yeah, versus so, media. Media member is, is so, always a low. You know, we're, we're always at the lowest. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't. They don't care if Naomi Osaka. Most of them. Most of them don't care. Uh, if I could generalize, that Naomi Osaka doesn't want to give us the time of day at Roland Garros. Having said that, and I did reference the amount of money she made last year, fifty million dollars off the court, and that's not just because, you know, with all due respect to the goat, she's the best player in the world. Um, and she's a brilliant tennis player, it's because she has, especially in this zeitgeist, she has used her platform exceptionally well to speak about the things that she wants to speak about. And this post on social media is no different. So all I would say, I respect where she's coming from, especially when she's talking about mental health um, and, and the effect that having to be subjected to questioning or interrogation at times the effect that that may have on these professional athletes' psyches. I think in general, as a society, as a sporting society, we're still advancing, we're still learning, we're still evolving, we're still uh, growing and maturing when it comes to understanding the role that mental health plays in athletic performance. And this is just another step in that process. I would just encourage Naomi if, you know, she would take a nickel's worth, not that she needs it, but a nickel's worth of free advice from me. Um, I would just say... Be combative. Be combative. Hmm. Return those volleys. Like if in a, if in a press conference, if somebody asks you something that's out of pocket or out of line, I love to see her engage and use that as an opportunity to educate and, if necessary, in the process, in, if necessary, in the process, embarrass some of the people who could use some, you know, if you will, sensitivity training when it comes to yeah. how they go about. Know, but- uh, asking athletes but, questions like 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 handle it in front of everybody like if you take issue with how you're mm-hmm. being questioned post-match win or lose like this conversation have it in real time on the spot instead of instead of just trying to like you know sleepwalk through the question and answer and, and, and give them something like no yeah. say you know what like, and we've seen that 
Some of the most famous press conferences in history have been when athletes took, you know, like they shut down autopilot and say, wait a second. Wait a second. What was that? Do better than that. And last but not least, I'll only say that and this isn't I'm not trying to this isn't about biting the hand that feeds you. That's not what I'm saying when I say this part. But again, because right. she's used media and used her platform so well, that's part of the reason why she was able to set an a-, a record for female athletes last year. So I would mm-hmm. encourage Naomi Osaka not to shut off any opportunity to speak to the public. Use the press, which she's done brilliantly so far. Continue to use the press, yeah. but use the press to advance conversations instead of saying, you know what, I'm just not dealing with y'all. I'm just not talking to y'all. Bring it, bring the fight to the media. Bring it to the press press room if, if you want to affect change for other athletes who don't have the luxury of saying, you know what, I just ain't talking to y'all. Because not everybody can pull that. Yeah. Naomi can, but not, not everybody can get away with that. This is what I think, though. I think uh, I've, I've come to this conclusion uh, recently. It's a little late, a little late. I'm a late bloomer. Okay, still learning. And and it is a lot of people don't. I'm not talking about just athletes. A lot of people don't really want to be uncomfortable. So if you're creating your own co- your own content, you want to tell your own story. And and there's not there's not some adversary you know, real adversary or somebody in an adversarial type role who is not on your payroll, let me be more explicit. People don't like that for the most part. Well-intentioned people, uh, well-intentioned people really don't like it. I think it is good for an athlete or anybody else to have somebody who will give you checks and balances who won't buy everything that you're mm-hmm. selling. And so then I think the natural back and forth, if it's respectful, and even if it's even if it's respectful, but they got they're wrongheaded about it. Okay, that's good for you, as you said, to educate them. But let me flip it around because I think this is what this is the dangerous part. To think that you're always right. And that's the problem if you're constantly sure. shaping your own story, creating your <laughs> own content, you're never wrong. And that's right. not realistic. You're in your own bubble. Sometimes your, your own she's going to be wrong. Yeah. And sometimes sure. she will lash out at somebody, not just her, anybody. You'll lash out, and then we can sit back objectively and, and view the exchange and say, oh, she's dead wrong on this. She thinks she's right, yeah, but, but she's I think, wrong. But I think those, respectfully, those instances are going to be few and far between just by the nature of the interaction. Like, you know, the, we're, we're equal but we're not in this in this instance in the instance of a press conference and you're talking to you know the the world's best player um, after a match her level of sophistication by and large not just about the game in general but about what just transpired is going to far surpass that of the people who are inquiring who are asking the questions there's a reason you're asking the questions yes yes however I'm glad you said it oh Mike I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up. I thought of this the other day for, for no reason. I don't know why. I, I don't know. It, 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 there was nothing that spurred it. It was just kind of sitting around thinking, okay, that's right. And I know athletes who feel that way. And, and they're right. Whether it's, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Naomi Osaka. I am so good at this. Like, you don't understand what I'm saying. I'm telling you about tennis. I'm trying to explain it to you. Um, I know you, you, you really can't relate to it because you you can't operate at this level and an Aaron Rodgers throwing the football so on and so forth. However, if there is some equality involved here, 
I'm talking about the best people involved. Mike, mm -hmm. I'm going to use you as an example again. Most people you talk to, professional athletes, can't tell a story like you can. They can't process yeah. questions like you can. You're at the top of your game too. You're, you're the one of the right. best in the world at what you do as well. Now, fans may not realize it. Athletes may not respect it, but you know it. And other people who are storytellers like you understand Marcellus the sophistication and what you're doing <laughs> and the artistry right. and what you're doing. So right. don't just look at them as the unwashed who can't do what you do. Right. They can't do what you do. Oh, the unwashed. You can't do what it. they do. <laughs> no, let's right. just kind of listen, man. Let's kind of figure this got, thing out. We got company. You know, I appreciate that. We got companies standing by us. So let's go ahead and roll this music. Take this break right quick and, and talk. Let's some do hockey. it. Roll the music. Right, some hockey. I'm, the, I'm, not that, that these, these athletes, I'm not saying these, these athletes are beneath questioning or questioning is beneath them. Are they above questioning or above reproach? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's going to be few and far between instances. I'm specifically talking about what you said a second ago. Well, no, you're wrong. They're right. I mean, some things are not a matter of opinion in a matter of opinion. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And we certainly have the right to question them about their performance. Yeah. I'm just saying it's going to be very rare that somebody on the outside is going to look at it and, be, and, and side with media if there's a back and forth. I just think she should use the platform. She should use the platform. Good. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. You know, Mike, uh, it's interesting that we were talking about uh, an athlete earlier and Naomi Osaka, because we are joined by an athlete. I don't know if you know that Catherine Tappan, in addition to being uh, a media star, soon to be author, one day, one day, that's coming soon. Uh, I don't know if, you, uh, you know, big time personality. I don't know if you realize she's a major athlete at Rutgers University. Shout out Rutgers. That's right. Cross country, right, Catherine? That's Cross right. Country. Hi, guys. Academic. Uh, yes. Academic All-American? Cross country, indoor track, and outdoor track. So I did all 12 seasons in college. Ooh. Thank you guys for having me on, by the way. My debut on Brother From Another. I'm super excited. 
What's going on, Catherine? How you feeling? I'm good. I'm actually I'm feeling good. I had a day off yesterday, so that was nice. We worked the uh, triple overtime Jets game the other night, which was awesome. I mean, the game was incredible. But when you're looking at the clock and it says 2 a.m. and you're still sitting there in studio, it's a little <laughs> it's a little daunting. I start like knocking off things in the next day that I'm going to be able to do and actually like accomplish. Um, but it's been it's been a great run. I mean, the playoffs have been great. So we're back here in studio to do some games tonight, and it's been fun. And this is the best time of year for hockey. So you just kind of get through it. You don't even think twice oh yeah yeah so, so. As you said best time of year for hockey so I, I think you can tell us uh right now uh who's gonna win the stanley cup you got that for us like who? <laughs> yeah because i know everybody everybody in boston everybody in boston is hoping it's the bruins but you know i, I i'm sure there are a lot of great teams out there colorado so who do you mm-hmm. who do you see right now yeah is, i mean the, is there a prohibitive favorite Listen, I I would have to agree with the fans in Boston. It's hard to pick against the Bruins at this point um, for a Stanley Cup favorite, obviously, coming out of that division. I like Tampa Bay as well. I think that's going to be a really tough team to beat, especially like they're starting to get their legs now. We saw what they did against Florida in that previous series. So um, you can't ever rule out the defending Stanley Cup champs, just like you can't in any sport rule out the the team that's defending their title. But um, Colorado is dangerous. And, I mean, I would love to see either like a Colorado-Boston series because I think they both play very physical, very heavy. Um, they're talented. They've got so many high-flying forwards on both those teams. I think that'd be a great Stanley Cup final. So that would be my pick. But I mean, I am terrible at picking. I've never gotten it right. So mm. I, you know, I hope Boston fans oh. do get another chance though. Because I came thought, to the right place. Yeah, I thought. You know, I thought last year before the <laughs> the shutdown in March, the Bruins looked amazing. And unfortunately, I think that shutdown really affected them. And then going into the bubble and not having Tuca was was an issue. But but this is a team that is a Cup contender. I think every season. So, yes, your fans in, in Boston should feel good about the bees right now. Yeah. And listen, I'm uh, I'm no puckhead, but I think uh, 24 goals in, in four games, I think that's a lot. Yeah, that's so a right lot. About that's a lot. Uh, it's going to be hard to, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be hard to, uh, to dethrone them. You mentioned tonight's game. And um, so Carolina is up 3-2 over Nashville. So I, I was reading that there are going to be more than 14,000 fans mm-hmm. in game six. Uh, up from 2000 in game four, uh, you know, fans, yeah. you know, coming back and, and coming back in full force. If you look at the NBA, uh, forgetting how to act uh, since yes. they've been away from these arenas. But just what do you expect uh, in Nashville with all those fans uh, back uh, in game six uh, versus Carolina? Well, what kind of environment you expect and just what, what do you expect in this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Nashville's going to win this game tonight, and I think that's the X factor is those fans. I mean, we've we've covered so many games in Nashville. We were there for an all-star game years ago. We were there for the Stanley Cup final, what feels like just yesterday against the Penguins. That place is rocking, and they get so much from the fans. They get so much from the, the music and the, I mean, in between stoppages of play, it's electric in there. So I think that the Predators are going to feed off that. It's been actually, I've been really surprised at how Nashville's been able to to hang with this Carolina team, because Carolina's uh, one of the, came out of the East as one of the best teams or the central division normally they're in the east but um you know they came out of that division very strong so i think it's just been fun to watch the fans coming back guys i mean i know you guys have said it a bunch on your show and it's just it's it's like it's a total difference maker and you feel bad for the teams in the north division in canada that have to play without fans and everything's still locked down up there which is just such a shame i'm sure they're dying to get to these buildings and they see their you know their opposing teams with packed houses so um tonight in nashville is going to be fun we're going to have all the scenes from outside the arena and inside when we're getting ready for the show on the pregame show and leading up to the game so uh but i think that's going to be the difference for sure and nashville's been playing well their goaltending's been great so i think they win this game and force a game seven which we all I love game sevens. 
That's right. Go. There's game right. sevens so, and then there's look, Stanley Cup playoff game sevens. That's right. Yeah. Right. All right, Catherine, help us out here. Help us out because we, we, we've been trying to figure out how to get people to act the right way. And you, you mentioned fans coming back, and mm-hmm. that sounds good until they start misbehaving. Yeah. You've heard the stories in New York, the stories about Philly. Uh, what would you do? Because hockey, I mean, at least hockey, part of the game is you got, you know, you're pounding on the glass, but the glass is there. So it, that, that prevents a lot of craziness. Yeah. How do you get people to just calm down? What would you do if you're the czar of the sports world? How I do you get these people to act right? It's interesting because it's, I think it's a matter of reminding them, which is so weird because to us it's just obvious, conduct yourself in the right way. But I sit on the uh, fan inclusion committee for the National Hockey League, and we have these conversations at length um, repeatedly of how can we get fans to buy into, and, and in particular with regards to inclusion and diversity and having fans not lash out at someone else, maybe sitting at the section next to them and saying horrible things to them, no matter who they are. But we talk about putting the reminders in the stadiums. You know, you're going to have to put it on the jumbotron. You're going to have to have people within the arena enforcing this because I think this one thing this pandemic has done is just really made people go mad in certain instances and I think they've got too much time on their hands and too many platforms to give their voice and make their voice heard whether it's on social media or face-to-face in these venues so it's going to be a matter of reminding everybody it's almost like let's go back to kindergarten folks and figure out how you're supposed to behave and treat one another but put it up on the jumbotrons we've been talking about getting celebrities to do some PSAs and putting them around the arena you know reminding voice reminders when you go get your concessions or you go into the restroom like just constant reminders of treating fans and your your counterparts in the stadium the right way. I mean, this NBA, I mean, this is crazy. It's just, it really is crazy that people feel like they have a platform to be mean and to hate. And, you know, I I feel terrible when it happens. You just want to find a way to help. But how do we do that? You just have to keep reiterating to people that it's wrong and put reminders in the stadiums and reminders everywhere that that's not appropriate behavior and punish them for it. You know, you can't come back to a game or you're, you're done. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a shame that we're at this point we even have to talk about it because, you know, we all conduct ourselves like grown adults and we know how to behave, but unfortunately a lot of people don't. Well said, uh, Catherine. I, I like to uh, switch sports with you, um, but it's, it's a broader conversation. And I'm sure you saw that history was made today in the NFL when the Eagles promoted uh, Catherine Raich to vice president of football operations, highest ranking woman in personnel, in NFL history, and we'll mm-hmm. certainly uh, unpack more uh, about her later on. But I, I love to know, just you know, as a woman, as a woman in sports, as a woman in media, uh, the, the the promotions that we're seeing become more prevalent uh, throughout sports, uh, but particularly uh, in the NFL. Um, just your general thoughts on on how much progress we made, but yet and still, how much work there is still to be done when it comes to that word inclusion you're talking about or opportunities or, or equity when it comes to women in sports. Yeah, well, I think we could go a lot of different ways here, but I think first and foremost, if the NFL is setting a precedent like that and they're promoting women, that is, that's the top league in the world. So if they're making that known, they are the, the supreme role model. You know, they're the GOAT. So everybody has their eyeballs on the NFL. And so when decisions like that and promotions happen and, and women are promoted because they deserve to be, by the way, not just because of um, numbers mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. The, for other reasons, but that is tremendous. And that's a huge, you know, momentum swing for every other sports league um, in the world. And 
And I think all of these promotions are well-deserved. You know, I've had the opportunity to talk to a number of coaches in the NFL, female coaches, um, even covering the NFL wildcard game with the, the Redskins and the Bucks. You know, there were a number of female coaches in that in that game. And Kate Sowers, you know, and I follow her on Instagram and I'm watching every move she makes and just announced that she's, you know, joining the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, these are these are amazing moments for women, but they deserve them. And when you talk to these women on the phone, I mean, you want to go, I literally wanted to go out and run laps around the, you know, the field after talking to Jennifer <laughs> King because, like, she motivated me. And that's that's her job. And she's a coach and she's a tremendous coach. And that's why she's in that position, not because she's a woman. And I say the same thing about exactly. sportscasters, uh, producers, directors, anybody working behind the cameras uh, that I get the opportunity to work with, they are, they're amazing at their jobs because of that. You know, they're intelligent, smart women, but not in those positions because they're women. It's because they deserved it and they earned it. The same thing, you know, with me sitting up here. I mean, I worked my butt off. I've known you guys forever because I started in Providence, Rhode Island on local television and worked my way up. You know, you have to earn those positions. You don't just get them handed to you. So um, seeing these coaches and managers and everybody get put in positions to succeed is only going to let other girls, and I also think boys or young boys and young girls that are watching are going to see that if you see it, you can believe it. And that's that's not a cliche. Those are real words. Um, you know, for me, I saw women that did my job when I was a kid, and I knew when I was in eighth grade I wanted to be a sportscaster. I saw Leslie Visser. I saw Melissa Stark. I saw, um, you know, Pam Oliver. And, like, these were women I looked at and admired. And I thought, I could do that, too, if I work hard and if it's what I really want to do. So... It's it, it only is like it's creating more strides. It's more momentum. And when a league like the NFL does it, I mean, everybody's watching that. So good on them and good on those teams for promoting the women for the right reasons. Uh, two quick ones, and, and then we can let you go. Did you always know? Was it eighth grade? Was it eighth, eighth grade, grade when you knew? My eighth grade yearbook. Or was it before then? No. Well, I mean, I always I was actually like infatuated with Katie Couric. I loved Katie Couric, and I loved television, and I did an um, extracurricular activity called forensics when I was in elementary school where you have to get up and you have to deliver speeches and poems and everything in front, of, in front of many people and you compete against other schools. So I did that in addition to my athletics that I was doing. But in eighth grade, I went to a small little Catholic elementary school. You had your own page in the yearbook. And in eighth grade, it said aspiration. It said to be a sportscaster. So, you know, you think you know in eighth grade, but what did I know about sportscasting? It was a matter of then going to Rutgers and I played sports at Rutgers and obviously studied in the journalism school as well. And that's when I really started to be like, wow, I love this. I could do this. I'm going to try it. And then, you know, you, I got rejection after rejection after rejection, sending my bootleg resume reel out to every small market town <laughs> in America and just either didn't hear back or got like a thank you so much, but we've gone a different direction. So, um, but once you get your foot in the door, I mean, there's a lot to be said for when you get your foot in the door, you just got to run with it. But yeah, I've known for pretty much my whole life this is what I want to do. So I'm very, very, very blessed that I get to live my dream job. And talk to you That's guys. That's great. I'm sure. <laughs> and, oh, thank you. Know, you need to throw, throw us a phone. But I, I'm sure. I'm sure they've called you back. That the, the middle school. Hey, why don't you come on back and, and tell your story? You know, you, yeah. you're like a, a great example for our kids, right? Right, right, totally. And I and I've done that. And I go back and speak to my elementary school, my high school, my college, my university. I'm very involved with Rutgers athletics, and you know, talking to the students that want to do what I do, or they want to get into sports some other way. They want to do PR. They want to work for a team. Um, I'm just I'm there for them, and I want to be a resource because there were people that were resources to me that helped pave the path. So um, I'm. 
I'm adamant about making sure I carve out time for student athletes, but also students all in any level, elementary school, high school, just to help guide them. You know, I mean, I had that direction and hopefully I can help provide that to others too. But it's funny you talk about the rejection. I told now you guys remember Naoko Funayama. She did the ringside reporting for yeah. the Bruins and yeah. she covers the Revs now. She's one of my closest. Yeah, yeah, she's one of my closest friends. And I just recently told her, I said, you know, I didn't like you when you got to Nesson because I had applied for the job before Providence, Rhode Island. I had applied for the job at WMUR in New Hampshire. I think it was, yeah, WMUR. And I didn't get it, and I found out about three months later that Nauco got it. And so they hired her, and she got the position as sportscaster. And, and when I found out she was coming to Nesson, I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going like, to lose my job again because I lost it to Nauco the first time. They're going to bring her in. They're going to push me out. And I just recently told her that story. I said, I really didn't like you when you first came to Nesson because I thought you were going to take my job. And she was like, what? Are you kidding me? I said, no, because I got rejected, and you were the one that got the job. And it's just funny how you come, like, full circle. And she's one, literally one of my closest friends and has been ever since she got to Nesson because she's an amazing person, and we just instantly hit it off but it's it's funny when you look back like you always remember the rejections and you always keep them like right here it's almost like motivation moving forward yeah yeah you're right and, and captain thanks for joining us but I, i'm going to tell you right now that she's going to tell you something next now that you open the door and you told her a secret that you've been holding on to so she's going to tell you something about you that she didn't like. And so it's going to make your relationship even better. Just, there like, you go. just be ready for it. I'll be ready for it. I will. <laughs> it's coming. Oh, great. Can't wait. Hey, that's a great debut, Catherine. All right. Great Thank debut. You guys. How do you Thanks feel? Thanks for having yeah. me. Oh, this is great. Do it Anytime. Again soon. Yeah, I love, I mean, I, I right. loved your conversation yesterday, too, the one that went on Instagram. You guys were talking about saying uh, who's in the car, or who, if you're on speakerphone or not. So I can, oh, yeah. I, can, I can appreciate that. I've done that before, so I can appreciate it. Uh, but thanks for having me, guys. All right. Well, Thank you, Captain. Thanks for coming. Good we'll to talk to you again soon. All right. You got it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Okay. Um, Michael, you and I talk about Aaron Rodgers literally every day. <clears throat> and we do. I love it. I love it. You know, sometimes we're repetitive. We, neither one of us has moved uh, off of his position. And I'm pretty sure, as uh, for a change of pace, we bring in Chris Sims um, just for uh, you know another set of ears, another voice on this, because you and I just keep you know beating the same dead horses uh, on this topic. But Chris, I'm pretty sure at the very yeah. beginning of this, even last year, I said, who cares whether the Packers Okay, should, could they have called Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, they could have. Should they have called Aaron Rodgers? Maybe, but I said at the very beginning, what difference would it have made? Because going back to what Alex Smith said a second ago, with all due respect, Alex Smith, phenomenal career, tough as they come. Alex Smith ain't in the same stratosphere as Aaron Rodgers. About the closest they have in common is being drafted in the first round of the same draft. So it's a lot different telling Alex Smith, hey, you're a successor. We're drafting him. We're trading up to draft him in Patrick Mahomes. If they had called Aaron Rodgers, Chris Sims, no matter what they how they'd have qualified it, he wouldn't have been okay with it anyway. 
So I, I just feel like that that point that they could have handled it differently. If they were going to draft Jordan Love, you better ask him for forgiveness, if at all, than permission, because it wouldn't have gone any better. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Well, well, I don't. You know, I don't think you're wrong. I'm not going to say that. I do think that maybe it could be a little better right now if they had shown him the respect to put this on his radar, right? To where, yes, I agree with you, Michael Smith. He wasn't going to be happy either way. He's Aaron Rodgers. We know he's witty as hell and smart as hell. He probably would have fought back against them and tried to talk some logic into them. But I do think honesty in a brutal business like the NFL and being honest with, you know, the people, and we're talking about the foundation is the people, which is, you know, I'm putting words into Aaron Rodgers' mouth. I think he probably looks at it like, wait, wait, the people, I'm part of the people, and I'm the foundation. Yes, he would have liked to have been, you know, let know. You're probably right. He wouldn't have been happy with about happy about it. But I do think honesty goes a long way in an NFL locker room then to work out the issues from there and go with that. But I think it was like a double whammy. It's, it's like, no, we didn't tell you. Um, it's almost like we were planning this behind your back. And then they make the move. And, yes, he felt slighted by it. Of course he did. And in the Super Bowl window. So it's odd. It really is. But, I, I mean, I agree with you. I don't know if it changes a whole lot. I think we're probably still sitting here at this point with it, an Aaron Rodgers that's bitter and right. still wanting the team to commit to him for more than one year. Because it might actually would have made it worse. Because play this out. Knowing Aaron Rodgers and how competitive he is, and him, you know, the, the player he is. If Aaron, if you go to Aaron Rodgers, you're Brian Gutekunst, who, you know, I don't think Lafleur knew. If if you go to Aaron Rodgers and say, "Hey, Aaron, we're thinking about taking a quarterback, or thinking about we're targeting Jordan Love, we're thinking about making a move to get him in the first round," you're effectively asking his permission. You're asking his blessing, and if he doesn't give it to you, well, then what? Then what? Like if he says, "Well, I don't like that. I'd rather you didn't." You're gonna do it anyway. I mean, that's, that's probably worse than, than well, not telling him at all. Well, it's definitely going to sting. You're right. But I think at the end of the day, he'd be able to chalk it up a little bit like, all right, at least they're being honest with me and upfront with me. And I can get over that from the aspect of maybe where he feels like, yeah, they were kind of commiserating behind the scenes and trying to how to replace him and keep him in the dark, let alone, you know, again, we've talked about this too, playing at such a high level that's where he probably, of course, feels scorned, too. That's why we're all looking at this weird. Just going, what? You're drafting a replacement out of the top, you know, out of one of the top five quarterbacks in football who's got years left in him? So, like, Mike, Michael Smith, I agree with a lot of what you said, but either way, too, it does go back into, like, I, you know, knowing your guy a little bit there, too. You know, and I can't imagine that they'd be worse, really, if he was truthful than they are right now to where we're, like, he doesn't like the front office at all. He wants nothing to do with them. And I yeah, think Alex Smith, right. him You're saying right. that, <laughs> I, I, yeah. And I yeah. just say, Alex Smith, what he said, you know, he's not the kind of guy that makes those type of comments usually. That, to me, holds a little bit more weight than the normal football yeah. player. You know, Alex Smith, I think, no, looking yeah, at it going, sure. wait, that, that's messed up to do to a quarterback. That's messed up to do a quarterback of Aaron Rodgers. And I also think he's, like, telling everybody, like, Wait, quarterbacks in the NFL, me included, you know this, and most of them, we've heard Brady say it, they're in awe of Aaron Rodgers. He is the the guy yeah. that, you know, I know Mahomes has probably taken the title, but he was the guy that everyone was like, 
whoa, I've never seen anybody throw the ball like that. Whoa, I've never seen anybody move in the pocket like that and be able to throw the ball this way. So I think it's even more shocking to other quarterbacks in the NFL with the way they've treated sure. them than maybe even the normal media. Well, and, Sorry for the long answer. And you're right. And you're right. You know, I stand corrected. You're right. To say it would be worse. It, it can't get much worse. You're absolutely right. So thank you for correcting me on that. And Michael Holly, uh, listen, we might need to, we need to work on getting Alex Smith on the show because now that you mention it, Alex Smith kind of been on one lately because he going at the Packers and then he go at the football team <laughs> saying, saying I ruined their plans last year. He's, so, <laughs> he's been letting, he's them, get, letting them fly. Hey, yeah. so, so, Brother Sims, let's, let's move this forward here. September 2021. What are the Green Bay Packers doing? What's Aaron Rodgers doing? Is he still going to be a Packer? Is he going to be just chilling, holding out? What, what do you think is going to happen? I, I think he's going to give them a hard time. I don't think we're going to see him at all during OTAs or mandatory minicamp. I think he's going to throw up, I mean, show up at tra- training camp. And, you know, I'm sure he'll have a press conference with some cryptic messages to the front office and everything like that. But then I think he'll move forward as business as usual. I, I just have a hard time thinking that he's going to sacrifice, you know, a year at the end of his prime right now and sit out football with, even though I know I'd like more weapons around the Packers and all those type of things, it's still a damn good team. And I think he's too aware, legacy aware. We've all been paying attention to Aaron Rodgers, whether he's too sensitive or he hears the noise out there. He obviously does to a degree. He pays attention to what's being said out there. So I, I have a hard time thinking he's sitting out right now at 36 when he's still one of the two or three best quarterbacks in all of football, and there's no question about it. Let, let's switch gears, yeah, and the Packers, uh, Mike and, and Chris, don't, if The you Packers don't, don't look like well, – well, Yeah. Well, Whatever I, you want. I, 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 can I go back to one, one last one thing on, on this subject, Michael, if you don't mind? Sure. Yeah. Because, so we talk about know, Aaron Rodgers. A, the Packers don't look we like – we are Aaron we do. Rodgers. Aaron I Rodgers. I talk to you. Brother from another featuring Aaron Rodgers. What's bigger? What's bigger in the NFL than Aaron Rodgers? Right? What's the bigger story than Aaron Rodgers right now? I mean, for all the reasons people laid out. No, but um, the Packers don't look inclined to, uh, to, 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 to move anytime soon. Meanwhile, Aaron living his best life on vacation. Good for him in Hawaii with his fiance and Miles Teller. I've, I've, I've enjoyed uh, living vicariously through Aaron uh, in Hawaii. But what I was going to say, the last thing I had on this was yesterday, Mike and I talked about this um, and I know it's helmet and shorts and I know the top five receivers aren't there, but I think back to the three years that Rogers sat behind Favre. And I think back to when it, when they, when the Packers and Mike McCarthy drew a line in the sand and said, you know what? You're not welcome back, Brett. You're not the starting quarterback. We're moving on to Aaron. That was, it had a lot to do with McCarthy having worked with Aaron in the off seasons and in quarterback school. I think, especially if it plays out where the Packers hold the line and Rodgers eventually shows up and plays again, that right now is such a blessing in disguise. It is such a silver lining for Jordan Love to be getting, for whatever it amounts to, first team reps in OTAs. I know it's OTAs, but for Jordan Love to be the guy right now, because you're not going to learn anything about Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love needs this work that he didn't get last year. Yeah, 100%. There's no doubt about it. He was raw coming into the league to begin with. There was a, you know, messed up offseason last year because of COVID. He's yet to play a preseason football game. He's yet to really dress in a game day uniform. He never dressed for a game this year. So, of course, he's inexperienced. You know, right. And this is where, this is where, because I talked about this with Florio during the week. 
You know, there's there's two sides of the thought here. Like what you're saying here and Aaron Rodgers, who could have gone to OTAs and been like, no, I want the reps. Oh, no, Jordan's supposed to go. No, I'd like two more. I'd like to take his reps and really put them in a bind and maybe hinder his development and kind of just, you know, puff out his chest and be like, hey, I'm still king here and slow down the development of Jordan Love. But I will say, you know, because I would have thought that as a competitor and if I was in that situation, I might have been like, hey, not personal to Jordan Love, but screw the Packers for what they're doing. You know what? I'm going to go to practice and take every freaking rep and not let him even get better. That's what I'm going to do. Just as a competitor, that thought would have crossed my mind. <laughs> That's petty. But the other part, <laughs> the other part that I also think, and Aaron Rodgers could be enough next level to be this way too. He might be going, I really don't want to be here anymore. And if I am here, this will be my last year. So go ahead, get him ready so you guys feel more comfortable to trade me and get rid of me after the year. I have thought about that aspect, too. And who knows? He's a very smart man, as we know. And maybe he's smart enough to think about that aspect as well. Yeah, I know you kind of like that, huh, Michael Smith? You like that one. (laughs) I do. Yeah, look at him. See, that's (laughs) – yeah, he's he's next level. He's he's got advisors, too. You know, a a new relationship, you know, a fiancé. Yeah, all kinds of things come into your mind. Like your your worldview changes. So maybe he, he brought that in there. Let me switch gears. Talk about another guy who's going to be moving. That's Julio Jones. Uh, You think he's going to the Patriots? And and, and if so, why? I think that, well, I was told early in the week by somebody familiar with the situation that the Patriots and the Titans were the two teams that were very much on his radar or at the top of the list and all of those things. You know, and I – just before I got on here with you guys, there was a report, and I got to look because I can't look at my phone right now and everything, that, that Atlanta Falcons supposedly have a first-round offer on the table right. for Julio Jones right now. Right. You know, It's something that I've kind of changed yeah. my tune about a little bit this week where I went, you know, I watch, I go back and watch film, I do those things. You know Julio Jones is the freaking man. We know that. But, like, if you're comfortable with where he is at physically and the injuries and all those type of things, man, as long as you got more than one team in this, I, I do think Atlanta's going to get a first rounder for him because he's still too damn good. As long as you're uncomfortable with the health yeah. status of this guy, that he's going to demand that. To me, he's one of the greatest receivers of all time. No, oh, no question mm. about it. So, Na- the Nas- the- you're, you live in Nashville, don't you, Chris? Don't you live in Nashville? I did. I'm in, I'm in Connecticut now. You know, NBC Sports is up here, but I did live oh. in Nashville for a while. Yeah. I didn't realize you moved up this way. Oh, man, we got to get together for real, for real. I'm right down the street from you. I didn't know you were up here. But so, but you yep. know Nashville very well. You know Nashville very well. Right. Um, right. So you, they, got, they got cap issues. You know, the Patriots have the room. The, the Titans, they got some cap. They're tied up against the cap. And listen, I've been saying – when not if he's a Patriot, but yesterday I saw AJ Brown's pitch to Julio Jones. Did you did you see this, Chris? Did you see? It? I did. I, I, yes, well, I did. Michael, did you see this? We got we got we got to play this right now. I don't know how Julio Jones, for whatever he has a say in this, I don't know how he doesn't go to Tennessee after seeing AJ Brown go through the trouble of putting this together. Okay, I'm gonna sell you on some things right here. Listen to me closely. You have 10 of you, Mr. Finger Roll himself, every time, Eric Hill. Listen, he does what he needs to be done. Like, he's a leader. He's a great passer. He's it. Anyway, next. Him, behind me, superhuman. 
We don't even have to discuss him. He speaks for himself. Look how mean he look in the picture. Like, okay. Then me, I'm up and coming. Pro Bowl, year two. Not a big deal. Kind of a big deal, but not really. Okay, scratch that. Anyway, whatever. You, the GOAT of our era, of our receivers. Help me help you. Come home, Julio. Come home. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on. I'm sold. Sold. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, how, how, do you not love, how do you not say, you know what? I love you, Cam, but this 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 kid could be my, my little brother. Like, this is great. Yeah. Well, I, 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 mean, me. I think two things. Like, I do think Julio would fit there. Of course, we know. They want to run the ball. They want to have two receivers on the field with two tight ends. And when they do drop back and pass it or play action – they, they look to strike gold. They're, they're not looking to, like, throw a three-yard completion. That's the one thing about the Tennessee Titans and A.J. Brown. It was Corey Davis. There's a real need, and he would fit there within that offense. There's no doubt about it. Ryan Tannehill is one of the best deep ball throwers in football, so that's where I love that. And, like, honestly, you guys know how the world of the NFL works. I would think A.J. Brown only makes that social media content in knowing that Julio Jones wants to be there. And that he's kind of selling that to the public and even putting pressure on the team within that. Uh, I would think there's something there to that. But, yeah, Tennessee, New England both make sense. You know, in a lot of ways, I somehow I look at the Tennessee Titans as being the safer pick for Julio statistically to say, like, hey, if you're worried about hmm. yards and catches and all those things, I think Tennessee will be better for that. Because we know New England, it's Cam Newton. They're going to run a different type of offense. And, you know, I, I just have a hard – I think they'll spread the ball around more. I don't know if they'll feature him quite yeah, the way Michael, maybe he gets featured in Tennessee. Damn. That's literally the same thing you said, Michael, the other day. A little, a same word. Same word. Like, they want that they're not going to feature him. Even though Michael Holley of NBC Sports Boston reported that he wants to play with Cam Newton, you did tell me, Michael, that you didn't think the Patriots would feature him. Um, the way that he wants to be featured. So there you go. You know, my, you know, just learn from my experience. You know, I know I'm a little more experienced than you are. I think I can teach you a lot more. Ten, year, ten years more experience to be exact. Nine. Ten years more nine. experience to be exact. Hey, Chris, yes, you are. Chris, you know, Michael Smith can't count. It's too bad. It's too bad. Like, yeah. guys made it to the But what he's saying is count. you're ten years older than him. You're ten years older than the man. That's what he's, he's saying, wrong, I guess. Though. It, he's wrong, but he's wrong. It's nine. It's yeah. actually nine. Okay. Uh, well, in, but, man, in man hey, years, it's ten. We just round it up. It's ten. Sorry. I, I guess so. <laughs> hey, you know what? Last time we had you on, last time, this was so long ago, we had you on. We had some technical difficulties. Uh, then you took some time off. So I've been, I've been sitting on this one for a while. Just give me my last question for you. Just give me with some reflection. Give me two or three of your favorite draft choices just your favorite picks that you know you see teams you see a prospect match up with a team you say man that's so good wait to this wait till they see the training camp wait till they see training camp wait till the season starts because this is such a good match just give me like two or three of them well like all right right, there's three teams to me that won the draft right there was a lot of good drafts but like i'll say there's three teams that i look at and i'll say the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Jaguars, I thought, killed the draft, right? And within that, you know, I look at, like, the reason I bring them up, too, because the, the, those thoughts went to my mind right away when you asked the question. And I know you've heard me say this before, but 
I mean, how could you not like Miami getting out of the first round with Jalen Waddle and what I told you guys during the process, the best defensive player in the draft at pick 18 with Jalen Phillips, who had the concussion med- medical concerns. So, like, for me, that aspect with them, I just look at that and go, like, great Scott's Batman. Holy crap, Ola, that was a great first round and a great rest of the draft. Greer and, and Flores, like, I believe, you know, uh, Chris Greer and Flores, they put out a blueprint in how to blow up a team and restart and build it in a hurry. There, there's something to be said there about what they've done. But the Jets also, with not making the same freaking mistakes they made with Sam Darnold and, you know, surrounding him with crap all the time, right? Right away, we draft the quarterback. Wait, we're going to be linked to the quarterback that we've drafted at pick number two. Let's get an offensive lineman to protect him. Let's get a receiver in the second round so we can throw it to him. Oh, let's get a running back who I loved in Michael Carter Jr., who fits the scheme and what they do perfectly. It's the Shanahan run scheme. And Michael Carter from North Carolina is Devontae Freeman when Shanahan had Devontae Freeman in Atlanta. a special year. So I look at that to be like, you know, a few picks that jump out to me that I loved as far as what the team needed to. And Jacksonville, just obviously Trevor Lawrence, Etienne. Etienne, awesome. Etienne, you get two positions in one for that offense. He's running back. He's slot receiver. He's Alvin Kamara. Tyson Campbell, if you remember who they drafted at the top of the second round, he was my second-rated corner in the draft. I love Tyson Campbell. So you address that situation. It was kind of a weakness you know, for the, for their football team there in the secondary. And hold on, I'm missing somebody else, and I'm picking it up right now. Oh, and they get Walker Little. Walker Little, the tackle from yeah. Stanford, he's a top 20 yeah. pick if he doesn't opt out. I mean, so that was just killing it to me. And my favorite safety in Andre Sisco from Syracuse, who is a killer and will knock heads off. Like, love him. He's Antoine Winfield Jr. He tore his ACL last year. So I thought they killed it. Sorry for the blabber, but I just had to get it all out there. I like no, it. No, no I like good. it. It's good, good stuff. stuff. We, we missed you. We missed you, brother, man. We appreciate you falling through, and um, we'll talk to you again uh, hopefully next week. Yeah, you know it. I'll be here anytime you need me, guys. Be good. Peace out. Enjoy your off day. There right, it is. There Take it, it is. Right there. I will. You know it. Four-day weekend. Woo, woo. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Man, what a difference a half makes. At halftime, Knicks fans were done with Julius Randle. Uh, They were scared out of their minds. And then I think the Hawks scored like 35 in the second half. Derrick Rose went off for 26. And this is what it looks like after you've been waiting eight years to win a playoff game. You act like you've won a playoff series. You act like you've won a championship. Um but, hey, look, they waited a long time, and good for Knicks fans. We talk a lot about misbehaving Knicks fans. Let's yes. talk now about the long-suffering Knicks fans mm. uh, who have been waiting a long time 
to win a game that actually Man. mattered. And so let, let them have their let them Come have on. their moment. Don't do the Boston stop, thing. Stop, don't do stop. the Boston thing. I, I, no, don't no. do the Boston thing. No, no, See, it's not a Boston. You're doing that no, thing where you so you no. Michael, you Yo, it is. It is. It is. It is a Boston thing. I'm telling you what you're saying. Not, I'm, I'm mansplaining to, to my man, Michael Holly. I am telling you what you're trying to say. This is somebody nope. who has been around championships year in and year out for way too long, who doesn't understand people who are starved. And those fans have suffered. So if anybody deserves to treat a game to win, even in a series at home, like they just won a championship, it's Knicks fans. Given that they've been the butter jokes for the last That's how what I'm doing. eight years. That's how what I'm doing. I, I'm 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 telling you what I am is surprised at what's gone down at the family reunion. Somebody done brought a potato salad with raisins in it to the family reunion. I don't know these people anymore because because if we go. Family, you want to go relatives, Boston, New York, and Philly. We all for we all cousins. Oh, I we're all related, and we I do know it. Where you go? We do it. Mm-hmm. We do it a little bit different. We do a little bit different, but we're all related. Right. So when people say, "Oh, the fans of right. Philly," I say, "Yeah, right. I know. Fans of Boston. Hey, New yeah. York. Uh, I know Boston." So yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. Since when did New York become like Orlando? <laughs> <laughs> what? What are y'all doing? All right, all right, all right. That's fair. They, I just thought they were on another. They're not for second, right? They're not playing for I the playoffs. I just thought they were on another level. Play, I, you know and what? Let's not pretend like that's fair. That's fair. But come on, man. Like these. I mean, come on. These. Let's people, not pretend like they haven't they seen have champions. Been, I know, Knicks but not for that franchise specifically. Well, I'm not strictly talking about them. I think I think we could separate. Listen. The, the people, you know what? You're 100% right, right, Michael. This is New York, okay? They ain't just happy to be here. So you're right. But come right. on. I mean, two, fa- two fan, bases, fan bases in New York that you would forgive for going crazy at the slightest whiff of success is Jets and Knicks fans, okay? Giants fans, they've been there, done that. Obviously, Yankees fans have been there, been done there. that. Hell, even yeah, Mets no fans problem. to some extent. Mets, but, but, but Jets and Rangers. Knicks fans lately... It's been rough. It's been rough. So I mean, and especially, especially this season and this team, because it's not like they're the Nets and they went and you know tore a team down and built it overnight, you know, the microwave way through superstar acquisition. This was not a team coming into the year that you thought would be in the first round of the playoffs um, with that roster and Tom Thibodeau his first year on the job. So I, you're 100 percent right. Saying, wait a minute, you this know ain't what the I would New love York I grew them? up with, but I think they get a pass in this instance. Everybody says it because, and in this case, everybody does say it, and it's true, and I like it. Everybody says, "Oh, the NBA is better when the Knicks are good and and the Knicks are relevant." I agree. You know what I would like to see for New York? This would be a great gift if at the end of the playoffs, James Dolan says, "Okay, I'm going to sell the Knicks. I'm going to sell the Knicks." Uh, I don't know who's oh going to buy them. I'm not, I'm not passing them on to somebody. It's not somebody like a, a, a chum of mine, you know, one of my cronies. I'm just going to be a flat out sale. It's a blind sale. Oh man, that would be great because <laughs> it the NBA is good when the Knicks are good. The NBA is better when the Knicks are good consistently. And what prevents a franchise from being good consistently is an owner, quite frankly, like James Dolan, 
who will just go in there and screw things sure. up, go in there and get in the way. So yeah, I, I I'm I I get their excitement, but it's it's one game, one game in the first round, win the series. Sure. Now let me ask you this: You focus on why one would they, game. Why would they shout eight out? years, Michael? Why were they talking about? We want Brooklyn. What? You hear him chant that? Yeah, yeah. You want yeah. Brooklyn? How? No, 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 what yeah. do you mean you want Brooklyn? Now, see, I'm I'm all, I'm all for staying in the moment, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. And that's a whole. That's two series away. That's not even that's right. the next series. Like, It'd be one thing like, that they were in line to play them the next. next and you're like, we gonna beat the Hawks. They gotta go to. The, got they gotta go through, They gotta go through Philly, presumably. <laughs> to get to Brooklyn. Yeah. You got to win <laughs> three know? more games now gotta, in this series. Yeah. yeah. Then you yeah. go knock out Philly. And, and, but, and but you're, honestly, you're hopeful in Brooklyn. To, it speaks to, it speaks to, and, and if Ashley Nicole Moss were here right now, she would give me a, a look and probably say something mean. But I don't, it speaks to, and, and they'll never say this, and they don't talk about it, you know, deep down in places they don't talk about at parties. It speaks to the inferiority complex that the Knicks have to the Nets right now. Like the Knicks can talk about all they want and it's true that the Knicks are New York's team and the Nets will never be that. That may in fact be the case. Historically speaking. But right now, yeah. Knicks fans can't tell you that they didn't wish that they were Brooklyn and they didn't wish they didn't have three of the best players in the league. They may love this team and they should love this team. So the fact yeah. that the the Nets who they're not even in line to play for a whole nother series or living rent free in those fans head last night. I think it speaks to the fact that they know that there is whether they want to admit it or not. There is a battle of New York. They may not be battling for the soul of New York, but they they want it to be known. They want to be known that hey, we play good basketball in this borough too. And so I think that's why that win was so big for them last night because if they were the Clippers conversely, and they down 0-2 at their at their own crib. I mean, I, I told you at half. Did you see Twitter at half and what they were saying about Julius Randle? I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it I was know, like it was this season never happened, you know. But then the that guy, second the half, guy just man, won. was right with the world in New York. The guy was an All Star. He's an All Star. Has a career season. Most improved player. Just found out yesterday. All this great stuff happening for him, and he doesn't do what they want him to do. See, that's why I'm 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 convinced most of those people. I'm going to say 70% of them out there are not like lifelong Knicks fans. They're like, oh, I, I know I can tell you old school, old school 2000. I remember 2015. <laughs> like, come on. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. I think, well, no. I'll, I'll say this. When you say not lifelong, maybe their life is not that long. Maybe they're young, which they probably are. But they, if, if you're a Knicks fan, You've, you, you've, you're either a Knicks fan through thick and thin, or you had no choice in the matter because there are no. This ain't the Warriors when they got good. There's no ba- There was no bandwagon for the Knicks to be jumped on. You know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. what have they done in the last eight, eight years? And even you know, maybe, maybe they might have been mellow fans. Maybe they might have joined. Maybe they got might have you know loved the Knicks with mellow or Linsanity or whoever. But in the last eight years, they didn't get no new fans. <laughs> you know, so again, I give credit to them. Right. To those fans yeah, for sticking through it with right. an owner like Dolan to still root for this team. But the, so this so real quick on this series before we talk about John Morant. Real quick on this series. Yeah. Bro, I can't call it. One of my favorite greetings, you know, with the old really? folks. Like, hey, what's going on, man? Oh, I can't call it. Oh, I can't call it. Ooh. Yo, I, 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 you want to talk about, listen, 
Unlike wow. the Suns and Lakers, which we went back and forth on last night, you know, same with um, you know, same with Denver and Portland. I mean, these two games have been incredible, incredibly competitive. It's incredibly close. This is this is going to be a long. All I can say is going to be a long series, and it'll be as much as first round series wow. go, an instant classic. This will be a long classic first round series, especially given the blood between the Knicks fans and Trey Young, which when not crossing the line has been just what the doctor ordered. Oh, no, no, no. But you said, okay, before we talked to John, okay, okay, see, you said John Morant and my mind went in another direction. You said John Morant and I can't call it. I thought you were talking about Memphis in Utah and how that was going to be a long series, and you couldn't call that. But what you're talking about, Atlanta. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I was saying, I was saying Hawks. I said okay. before we talk about John Morant, I'm just I, saying Hawks. Yeah, next, before, just to put a ball before. on that. Settle, set, I, settle down, buckle up, I'm get mentally, comfortable, get your popcorn, but keep it to yourself. It's going to be a long series. Long time yeah, coming. I'm mentally, and a long series. I, I mentally erased the, I mentally erased the before we talk about, and I just took John oh, Morant. Long series, All Utah. Right. But I agree well, with you. Let's go. I agree with John you Morant. on Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, and we will. We'll talk. I, I want to talk about it, but I just say real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Atlanta Knicks. I wouldn't. The safe thing to say is going to be a long series, but if I'm New York, I'm still nervous. I'm still. I'm still very nervous about going to Atlanta for games three and four. Ultimately, they go in and they win game one. They still home Are court you? advantage game one. Yeah. Yeah, because I can see hmm. Atlanta winning. So I'm gonna two make games a snide games. remark. So I'm gonna make a snide New remark. New York. Here's what's interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not taking them. No, no, I'm not taking them. No, no, no. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. I'm not what? trying to jump onto another what? bandwagon. I'm not trying to do that. Oh, I'm what not saying. I'm say oh, no, no, is, no, not a snide remark towards you. Not towards you. No, not towards you. The last time okay. I believe we talked about Hawks fans, which some would call an oxymoron. The last time we talked about Hawks fans, I believe, was when the woman got out of pocket with LeBron James courtside. I yeah. believe that was the last time we talked about Hawks fans. Historically and traditionally, the Hawks have not enjoyed much of a home court advantage. So, you want to talk about X factors? It runner. will be interesting to see if the Hawks, if if the Hawks fans In the playoffs, can match the same, can get, can keep that same energy that Knicks fans set the tone with the first two games. Nobody's nobody's Knicks fans. Nobody's going to replicate the energy of MSG. But can the Hawks fans bring it in support of their team? Again, keeping it in bounds, keeping it kosher. Can they bring it the same way that the Knicks fans did for their team? If you want to talk about just the series shifting uh, to Atlanta, I don't know if it's I don't know if well, it's such a daunting look, task for New York as it is vice versa. There, well, there are there there are two reasons it's a daunting task. Number one, in Atlanta, you're right. Regular season fans, who knows? It, there'd be a, a Knicks-Hawks game in the regular season, pre-COVID, and you'd have half as many Knicks fans as you would Hawks fans in the building in Phillips Arena. But in the playoffs, it's different. Like they, people in Atlanta, they want to show. So, right, regular season, all right. I don't know if you're going to bring it, but in the playoffs, hey, this is the place to be. We'll come in and we'll show out. The second reason, this is one of my favorite quotes. From Doc Rivers. When the Celtics played the Hawks in 2008, in the 2008 championship run, they played them in the first round. Celtics were really good. The Hawks weren't. And that series went 
to game seven and the Celtics could not win in Atlanta. Doc Rivers, one of his quotes uh, to his staff was, Magic City is kicking our ass. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, you know what I mean? It's just it's certain. Yes. Um, so, so look. So yeah, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta and the surroundings of Atlanta yeah. uh, can oh, be challenging well, well, at times. Okay, well, yeah. Lim- there is you're lemon right. pepper there chicken is a, wings. There is Williams, a lemon pepper advantage. Those lemon yeah. pepper wings. No, watch okay. out for those. Touche, touche. I, I, I'm, I'm confining but the John conversation Murray. to fans. Uh, there is yeah. a there is a home court advantage uh, in its own, in its own respect in Atlanta. Um, so you want to talk about John I know you don't John like numbers very much. Yeah, I, I know you don't like numbers yeah. very much. I know. Um, depends, and I'll be honest, there are times when I, I roll my eyes at some of the statistics that people you know, when research departments will dig up and, and, and invent yeah. thresholds to kind of make something, you know, like, wait a minute, I, I, I can't even follow. Why is this important? You know, most points in a debut by somebody born at night in a leap year on the right. road since this stat was first recorded. It's like, wait, huh? Like, you know, it's just ridiculous. But sometimes it gets your attention. John Morant's first two playoff games. Second most points in their first two playoff games by any player, only behind George Mikan. Jeez, George Mikan. Most points by a Grizzly. Yeah, exactly. Most points in Grizzlies history, forty-seven. And he's while he's the fourth youngest to score forty in the playoffs behind Magic, LeBron, and Luca. So just because of the company alone, I'm impressed. Fourth youngest to score forty in the playoffs, but his forty-seven are the most ever in the playoffs by by a player 21 or younger. So my, my, listen, man, I'm old, not as old as you, but I'm old. I don't go out like like talking about yeah. it. But I'll tell you what, man, these coming out parties that we're witnessing across the NBA, John Morant, even in defeat, I these coming it. out parties. I am attend. I love attending them every night. I love being on the guest list for these coming out parties hosted by John Morant, hosted by Luka Doncic. Hosted by Trey Young, this league, it, it, it the reason it's the best league in the world is there are always stars ready to take that mantle, and this playoffs, this, this first round so far has been has just been phenomenal. Watching these young guys go to work. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it because it's kind of changing conversations too. You're right. Uh, there, there are so many players in the league who are coming in every year and it's not taking them long to figure it out. But m- remember, we mentioned it before. I, I think the I think there's a shift in the league, you know, and, and when the league was a lot more and it was still great, but it was more limited. It was the international, the international impact on the game wasn't as big. Uh, the college impact wasn't as early. Because it, think about it. It, it you, 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 we, we, we kind of romanticized 80s basketball. A lot of people do. Magic, Larry, Michael, holding. 80s, Lakers, Celtics, Lakers, Sixers. But during that time, there was nobody coming in. There was no John Moran. There was no one and done in 1990. 1992, there was no one and done. That just did not happen. So you got, there was a very... Uh, orderly progression. You go to college, somebody might leave yeah, after three years yeah, like Jordan did yeah, in North Carolina. Yeah. But there was no, hey, yeah. he's going from high school to the pros. 
He's going to college. Or even when they got to year, the pros. Then he's got to go to the pros. Or even or when he got to the pros. There's no. It, it took him a while. It would take him a while to kind of, right. you know, to, 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 to you know. There was no. There was no LaMelo. There's no LaMelo ball. He's going to go from high school. He's going to play overseas. Then he's going to be drafted. So just yeah. like, it's all so different now. So it's forcing people to get off of the cliches. It, there's no more. Hey, get off my lawn. Whatever happened to my good old NBA? No, 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 no. It's not a mom and pop operation anymore. It's not a regional operation. This is an international organization that is doing big things. I love it. Uh, good for John Morant. Good for Trey Young. Good for oh, wait for it. Historic. What's today? Today. I'll uh, write this down. May 27th. Uh, quote me. Give me quote. Uh, I, I need a lower third on this. Give me a lower third back there. Devin, I'm gonna say Devin this. Booker. No, we don't do that no more. Devin Booker. You, you calling? You calling a big game for Devin Booker tonight? Good for Luca. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, Luca. Good course, for yes. Luca. Yeah, I thought, I'm giving props oh, yeah. to Luca. Okay. I'm excited to see. What Luca is yeah, gonna you do stand on this bandwagon in this series? There are no seats when they sweep, on that bandwagon. When they sweep, you have to stand hey, in the back. Hey, 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 Mike! Move to the back to I, make I, room. Look how slick. Okay. Look how slick I'm gonna be here. When the, when the Mavericks sweep the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, tonight, <laughs> no, about tonight, to the uh, Chris Paul is gonna play. Devin Booker is another one that the stage has not been too big for him. Um, but just on that, on that, listen, that Jazz series. Obviously, you know, uh, getting Spider-Man back was big for him last night. Uh, but the Jazz did what they had to do, as they say, getting getting that first one in Utah. I Listen, I, I like Utah. I still think they win it, but this is going to be a lot harder than it should have been or could have been, I think, yeah. uh, if they had not basically conceded game one under the guise of holding back um, Spider-Man. Say, so, look, uh, since we're up on time and we got to do something, we got to do better today than we did yesterday. Let's go ahead. We're gonna, hey, Gary, we're going to double up here. Let's take these two breaks. And we got two things that we have got to cover um, before we go. What other? Before we go. Yesterday, we got cut off. Well, one of them is, is, is a proper, proper salute to Adam Benatari. The other one, I can't tell you. Right. Okay. Good. All right. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Michael, because we had the hard out yesterday and we were running up against our time, we got cut off in uh, saluting Adam Benatari on officially announcing his retirement yesterday because I wanted to just honestly thank Adam because Adam and really the Patriots, tell you the truth, if we're being honest about it, I mentioned right place, right time yesterday for me starting my career there. And I know I speak for you too. Dude changed our lives. He changed a lot of lives. No question. The greatest field goal of all time, 45 yards in the snow, Foxborough Stadium. Um, I remember shoveling. I was talking about shoveling out my car. That was the last game at Foxborough Stadium. I remember shoveling out my car, tuck rule game. And it's called the tuck rule game, but it's really when Adam and Terry kicked the greatest field goal, the most difficult field goal we've ever seen, only to secure 
what is still one of the most shocking, if not the most shocking upsets in Super Bowl history by making a 48 yarder. There it is. Wow. Look at this kid. Look at the graphics. Look how old it is. That's not even HD. It's not even HD. You know, I mean, we were there. We were literally there. Oh, I mean, Um, the fact the fact is the fact that he didn't slip. I mean, not, not just the kick. Yeah, but just the footing and there was wind. I mean, uh, it's a, it's 45 yards Big, in a driving so, snowstorm. Crazy. So all I'm Congrats. saying is without that man's Congrats. right leg, without without that man's right leg, or what was left of the grass, without that man's right leg, I don't know, quite honestly, not only it changed the course of NFL history, both those kicks, and oh, by the way, he kicked another one that broke the, that was effectively the game winner against Carolina um, in Super Bowl 30, um, 38. Um, without that man's right leg, I don't know <laughs> what my career would have been, and I don't know how many New York Times bestsellers you would have, my friend. <laughs> I mean, so we That's owe right. quite a debt of thanks <laughs> to Adam Benetieri. So I, I agree. Look, think about this, Mike. Uh, in two thousand one, Bill Belichick seriously said Adam Benetieri was his best player. In two thousand one, a kicker, he said two that you know he, he, he's, he's my best player. No, that's saying a lot because Brady was coming up. You had Ty Law. You had Richard Seymour and a lot of people. But that's how much he valued what Vinatieri brought to the table as a kicker and as a football player. He did always think of himself as a football player. He once chased down Herschel Walker uh, in a game in Dallas, tackled him, and got a lot of love from uh, from his teammates for doing that. He liked to tackle people. He was crazy, a kicker. But 2001, if he doesn't make that kick and make a 48-yarder, in the Superdome that we watched, you referenced it yesterday. Tom Brady's story is different. Bill Belichick's story is different. Mm-hmm. So he does that in 01. 03, Carolina yep. wins the Super Bowl there. Uh, two, a lot of people forget this. 2004, really tough game. No, earlier, 2003, excuse me. Three 2003, game. playoff game versus Tennessee. And it is cold. Oh, right. oh Lord, it was cold out there. It was yeah, cold. I think the, the game time, the, the official ice. temperature. The, temp- yeah. the official temperature was four. Wind chill. I don't want to talk about the wind chill. It was cold. Okay. He kicks a 40 yeah. plus yard field goal that was the game winner in a 17 to 14 divisional yeah. playoff win. So Adam Benatari, just tons of kicks. And think about it. I'm talking about with the Patriots. He played more. He played 14 years with the Colts. Yeah, two more careers. He played with the Patriots. Yeah. yeah. Yes. He had two careers. So he yeah. Two uh, shout careers. out. Shout so out look. Adam Benatari. So look. We, we're, we're running out of time. So check this out, Michael. I know you wanted to reprise and continue our conversation um, about the reputation of Boston as it relates to race. Since the Celtics play tomorrow, I believe, we can pick that up tomorrow. Before we go, do you know what today is? And it's a trick question because up until a couple hours ago, no. I didn't know what today was. No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm going to tell you. Thanks to, thanks no to my attorney who I spoke to earlier. My attorney asked me, are y'all doing anything special for the show today? I'm like, it's Thursday. I mean, we got Catherine Tapper. We're talking hockey. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's special. It was, you know, Chris Sims, special, special why. Today is our 100th episode. At least according to Peacock. Today is our 100th episode. Really? If you look on Peacock, if you look on the app, yesterday was episode 99. So today is episode wow. 100. 
brother from another. That's amazing. I, it, of course, two married men, of course, two husbands would forget an anniversary. Of course we would. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, I, I, so I don't, I'm, look, I, I just take, I'm just, look, I'm just trying to have one practice at a time. I'm trying to take one practice at a time. I'm trying to control what I can control. I don't think about tomorrow. I don't think about yesterday. I wasn't keeping track, brother. So congratulations. We made it to 100. Congrats. 100. If somebody told you <laughs> that you would do 100 <laughs> shows, <laughs> if yeah. somebody, if somebody told me, no, really, it's, it's a I was like, does that count re-airs? Does that count vacation days? I don't know. Hey, I, that's listen, quite apparently, it's 100 episodes. That's quite that's an accomplishment. Hey, yeah. listen. I, I, I still, uh, I still gotta out. do the math on it because I don't know if that, if that's like days that, no, if I'm that's thinking, like days since we I started, or no. if that includes the days that we re-aired. Oh, we've been on for I don't know, but no, on it's, Peacock, it's yesterday was episode one, episode ninety nine is what it said yesterday on Peacock. Was episode ninety nine? That's, That's great. So, I will hey. take it. The existence, we made it. First of all, we made it to a hundred shows. We made it to a hundred shows without getting fired. So. Uh, that's great. Wait, uh, we made it to a hundred shows. Our, our, our relationship. It's only took me a hundred shows. Love you. To have for all gray, all gray. First in show history, show one hundred, all gray. Technically, I didn't get into Trevor Lawrence on Tim Tebow. Oh, I just mentioned you know it, what? so that counts. All gray, baby. All gray. Eat it. Wow. Every topic covered. Every topic in my feed. You know what? That's how you celebrate a hundred. I'm gonna hate. Do, you want to do something special today? I'm gonna hate hey. on that a little bit. I mean, first, first one to get there. First one to get there. First one. I'm gonna hate on that Bruh. a little bit. This brain right here. Well, hate, go ahead, hate on it. Go, good luck. Go, hate I on feel it. like that's a little dirty. And I, I didn't like even wait. wait. I like, and I didn't I even like, use. Well, I did use one guess. I did use. I did use hockey. Hockey afternoon was Catherine Tappan. I did use one guess. Some people on oh, this show no cheat and put guests in their feed. I don't even put. I don't put hey, guests in right. my feed. I put topics. So some people, saying. some people on this show are believers in community and believers in people. It's about the people as Aaron Rodgers. It's about the people. So yeah, I will put I will put our guests to the feed because they're all joining us. But congratulations, yes. Yes. really congratulations to you. Congratulations to everybody behind the scenes. Look, I said it the other day. We're an expansion team. So we got a lot to learn. There's some things we're working through. We started a show during a pandemic. Who's crazy enough to start a show during a pandemic and in all different locations. I mean, Gary Carter's in one location. You're in Connecticut. I'm in Massachusetts. Some people in Stanford. But but thank you. It's really awesome. I love it. I didn't even know. Hey, this is an excuse. I didn't either. I think I'll drink tonight. I'm not gonna I'm calling off for Boston tonight. I'm drinking. I'm going drinking. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.